Hello, girlfriend, and welcome to this episode of Rise and Grow Post-Separation. A few years back, I had it all. A husband who was first a friend, a house in the burbs for a family to grow in, and Callie, our cat, right by my side. But then I heard those words, those words that would change my life forever. You know what I'm talking about. I want a divorce. My name is Sarah Casa. And I am here to lift you above the fear, anxiety, and loneliness that comes with breakup. Divorce or not, the pain is one, and the pain is real. I've learned so many things along the way, things I want to share with you now. I will share tools, tips, and actions you can take to grow your mind, your body, but more importantly, your heart, to rise into the strong woman within you. Because guess what? If I could do it and get to live the life I have today, you better freaking believe you can. Now let's start, shall we? Let us start as always by acknowledging the land on which I'm recording today's bi-weekly episode on. Today we are gathered here in the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, including the Siksika, Pekani, and Kiana Nations, the Stony Nakoda, including the Chiniki, Bear Spawn Wesley Nations, and the Sutina Nation. Southern Alberta is also home to the Metis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. All right, let's do this. If you have not listened to episode 6, you may want to start with that. While this is not a continuation of that episode, it does set the stage for our talk on. You guessed it, sugar, sugar and energy levels. It's narrated through a story and it's a short one. Hopefully a fun one too. Definitely not as science-y as this one will be. So if you haven't listened, stop, go back to episode six and have a listen. And if you did listen, then let's just jump right in. So a girlfriend of mine once asked me why I wanted to talk about food and nutrition on my podcast. She did not think it was, well, how do we put this, relevant to the mission of the podcast, where I try to help other women get a leg up after or during a separation. And I get it, but that's why I really need you to go back and listen to the last episode if you haven't yet. Because in that episode, I propose that what started with me using food to solve a problem that I had, an energy deficiency that I had, and really in an attempt to save my marriage. After years of never even thinking once of the effect food had on me, other than the usual cultural weight-related thing when it comes to food, it really did result in a shift. It resulted in a shift that I would see in the relationship. That I was having. So what I was changing inside resulted in a shift outwards. So I am a firm believer that when you start implementing self-care, you create an energy shift and an energy shift outwards. So my sugar story, after I was made aware that sugar and energy levels may be related, started with a name, Sarah Wilson. I just want to take a minute here to thank Sarah Wilson. She doesn't know me. I don't think she'd ever hear this podcast episode. 
but she created a mini revolution, not just with food, but really it was the first time, like I said, that I started to look at food as a way of solving a problem that I had and really question medication and start to believe in a power other than just medicating to solve a problem. So Sarah, if you ever listen to this episode or if you ever hear of me, I am so forever grateful. So I began with stumbling on Sarah Wilson and her at the time what was called the I Quit Sugar 8-Week Program. And I thought, why not? 8 weeks, I could do this. It can save a marriage. Let's do this. And rightfully so, in the program it promised, you know, one of the things that would cure are things like acne, but more so the energy levels. That was really what I was looking for. So when I started the program, there were a lot of articles that would support the journey that we were taken on. And there's no better way to start than to explain what is sugar, sugar or what's referred to as sucrose. So basically, this might get a bit, what's the word, sciencey, scientificy. <laughs> I don't think those are words, but um, yeah, there'll be a lot of information to start with. Hopefully it's not too much, and I'll try and make as much sense as I can. But definitely this is not coming from my brain. It doesn't do well retaining all these information. Otherwise, I would have been a nutritionist or a doctor. So I do refer to a few sources, and I will definitely make sure to reference them in the show notes. So if you do want to go and actually read the parent article, I encourage you to do so. I'll have links to them in the show notes. So let's start. Sucrose, or sugar, is actually broken down into glucose and fructose. So when ingested, it breaks down into two things, glucose and fructose. Now how much of the glucose and fructose depend on the type of sugar you're consuming, believe it or not, and one is not like the other, as you may have guessed. This is how I remember which one's bad and which one's good, because believe me, that's how bad my memory is. So fructose, well, it starts with an F. And what else starts with an F? The word fuck. So <laughs> fructose, well, it fucks you up. That's how I remember it. So going back to fructose. Yep, it does fuck you up. And we'll start explaining how. But let's start by looking at some examples and breaking them down into how much of glucose and fructose they have just so you have a reference. So for example, table sugar, you know what you use, the white sugar? It's 50% fructose and 50 glucose. So table sugar, it's 50% fructose. Something like corn syrup, it's actually 55% fructose. And agave. Now, if you walk in a health food store and see some uh, marketing on a product that says this is sweetened with agave, which is better than sugar. <laughs> Nuh-uh. You know better than that now, especially after you listen to this episode. Agave is 70 to 90 percent fructose. And again, I'm gonna mention next why it's bad. 
Honey is 40% fructose. Maple syrup, 35. So you know what we stock a lot of in my house? It's maple syrup. Coconut and palm sugars as well are not bad. They're 35 to 45% fructose. So yeah, let's delve into the scientific part and explanation behind all this. Again, there's a reference to the articles in the show notes. The real difference between the two is how the body processes them and the hormonal response that results from each. So glucose. You ingest table sugar and it has glucose. Now after glucose is ingested, it's absorbed by your small intestine. What happens next is this raises your blood sugar levels. So again, you ingested some sugar, makes sense that your blood sugar levels are up. Now this is sensed by your pancreas, the great pancreas. And in turn, when it senses high blood sugar levels or an increase, let's say, in blood sugar levels, it secretes insulin. There you go. The first hormone we're gonna mention today is insulin. Good old insulin. What does insulin do? Insulin tells your cells to pull that sugar out from your bloodstream and use it for energy, bringing your blood sugar levels down. Now, when you're healthy, your cells and insulin do this beautiful dance where your cells are so sensitive to insulin and its message and they work in harmony and everything is great. Now, at the same time that insulin is asking your cells to pull that sugar, it also creates what is our second hormone, leptin. Now, leptin is known as the fullness hormone. Now, that's exactly what it sounds like. It tells your body, you know what? You're full. So it sends a message to your brain telling you you're now full. That's the function of leptin. Again, it's the fullness hormone. So we've talked about two now. Insulin, which tells your cells to pull that sugar, lowering your blood sugar levels to appropriate levels once they're pulled out of there. And leptin. Leptin is the fullness hormone, which tells your brain, you know what, you're done eating, you're full now, and you stop eating. That's the beautiful story of glucose. At least that's how I've put it together for you from the different references I read. Trust me, it gets really confusing if you really delve into it. Next is fructose. Now, unlike glucose, which is processed through the whole body, fructose is primarily broken down by the liver. Now, what happens when you consume sugar and that fructose component hits your bloodstream? Basically, your liver gets a message that it needs to pull out fructose and convert the sugar to fat. So unlike glucose, which first converts the sugar to energy, and I forgot to mention that the only the excess of that, once you don't need the energy, is converted to fat, this straight away goes to get converted to fat. Now it's a bit more complicated what happens in the liver exactly, but the form of fat that it converts to, my understanding, is triglyceride, which is not a good fat. It's the fat that really is bad news for your artery walls and creates plaque in there. But also, there are other things produced too, such as free radicals and uric acid, and those aren't good either. They damage cell structure. They even damage the genes 
and the walls of the artery. So yeah, it's not a happy story when fructose goes straight into your liver. So remember insulin, that hormone that tells your cells to pull that sugar out and use it for energy first before storing it in your body and is what brings your blood sugar down. And remember that insulin also induces the creation of leptin, which is your fullness hormone. Now, when your blood sugar levels are spiked over and over again, you're unable to produce enough insulin to remove the sugar from your bloodstream. The excess sugar also impair your brain's ability to hear that leptin message. So you become what's referred to as leptin resistant. Oh my God, is this confusing? Because it's confusing me. In short, think of it this way. Fructose is the only part of sugar which does not have a corresponding hormone, leptin, to tell the brain, we've had enough, stop eating. And therefore you eat more. And there's an added problem because it goes straight to the liver and is converted to fat. It goes straight to the liver, converted to fat. And the cycle just keeps continuing. Just think of it this way. So admittedly, we all need sugar. Of course, we need that glucose to give us energy, right? So I'm not saying to cut out sugar. I am just explaining how it breaks down for us to start to understand how to consume it better. So now that we understood how glucose and fructose are absorbed by the body and the kind of response it triggers and how it's processed by the body, how is it linked to energy, right? That was the big thing. That was why I investigated whether I should cut out sugar. And I mean, at the time when my colleague told me that, you know, I don't eat sugar and one of the things that it improves is my energy level, it did not make sense. Don't you eat sugar to have energy? I mean, think of someone who's running a marathon or just running. Usually you try and get that kick of energy through eating some dried fruits, some eat some protein bars. So it did not make sense to me. But now after listening to how glucose and fructose affect your body, simply put, it's that leptin hormone that's the key here. Your I am full hormone, that's the key here. Now excess sugar from fructose simply impair your brain's ability to hear that leptin message. That's when you became leptin resistance, remember? Because it stores it at fat and it messes with your insulin and leptin messaging. And so your brain thinks, oh, I'm hungry. I don't have enough energy, better eat some more. And because it thinks it doesn't have energy, it actually asks you to slow down, to preserve your reserves. So you consume more, but ironically, your body is thinking you have no energy and asks you to slow down your movement, to preserve your energy levels, and don't give you that spur of energy that you think it does. Ironic, isn't it? So now that we know glucose and fructose are not the same thing, what food should we eat? So I don't want you to worry about what food contains what ratio. 
I definitely do believe in eating more real food and less processed food. So that corn syrup and all those additives that are advertised on boxes, you don't need those. The less you buy of processed food and the more real foods you eat, the less you'll have to worry about how much fructose and glucose is in something. And believe it or not, it did change my energy levels. At the beginning, it didn't. When I was going through the few few first weeks, the beginning stages were difficult. If anything, I had more problems with my energy, but it made us aware of that. It talked about how for something to readjust, you're going to have a little bit of a slump. And I did experience that at the beginning. But man, was the reward huge. I really did experience a change. So much so that it's just the way I live today. So did it save my marriage? As we all know, it didn't. But did my energy levels change? Yes, they did. So today when I hear casually people complain about that afternoon slump, I simply smile to myself because I know. I know exactly what they mean by that. And I have no recollection of it anymore because it really is affected by sugar. That afternoon slump where you need to inject energy into your system because your body does not know how to use its own reserves. That's what the overconsumption of sugar does for you. So if you're experiencing some lack of energy and definitely struggling with that afternoon slump, why don't you check it out? Do your own research and yeah, let me know what you think. And like I said, I have resources that I used for this episode in the show notes. Maybe that's a stepping stone for you. And at the end of the day, the idea behind this was what we talked about in the last episode. Whatever you're experiencing, whatever struggles you're having, get to the root of the problem. And guess what? Everything else will fall into place and it will be for the better of you. And with that, I look forward to our next episode, family. Thanks for listening. If you have a girlfriend who is struggling out of a breakup and would benefit from these tools and tips, please share this episode with her. Us women have everything to gain from supporting and lifting one another up. So please don't forget to hit subscribe and check out riseandgrow.ca. It ensures this podcast reaches more listeners to grow our amazing community and ensures you are in the know of the latest offerings. Bye now.